lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Merry Christmas to all of you. Todd Erzin is here with me, as is Aaron McIntyre. If you would like to join us today, let us know what you think about what we think. Lots of ways that you can interact with us. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, like us on MeWe at uh, Steve Dace at both of those places. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube page as well at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's where you can get free samples of the show that you can take a look at and then share with others if you like or if you hate. If you hate them, that's okay. Your shares, your clicks count just the same. So thank you very much. Regardless of the reaction, we will take your business. All right, coming up here today on the program, Emerald Robinson. She's the chief White House reporter for Newsmax. She will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour with the latest on what's going on with the fight on both voter fraud and then whether or not conservatives should even vote in the Georgia Senate primary. We'll get into all of that with Emerald Robinson at the bottom of the hour from Newsmax. You don't want to miss out on that. Next hour, we'll get into Theology Thursday. We'll be talking about my former book, A Nefarious Plot which unfortunately is reading too much like a how-did-we-get-here manual. We'll get into that book coming up with Theology Thursday next hour. We'll play our weekly game of three non-political questions because if if you guys may need the catharsis most weeks, I need it right now. I want to I wanna hurt people right now. I'm, I am... And, and that is coming off like a six-day weekend we just had, and I am already beyond fed up right oh, absolutely. Are, are you guys fed up as well it's, i'm there i've lived in that state todd todd being... lives in fed upville yes yes that's where he has built a home in fact it's yes. a compound in fed upville he's the house on the hill in fed upville correct correct yeah i'm i am there right now so we will take a, a, a wee break and do three non-political questions at the end of the show if for no other reason to stop me from lashing out any more than I already would like to. But people like lash out, Steve. So they're just begging for it. Yeah, they, they do until, you know, there's bail and incarcerations. And it's a whole thing, you know. And They send you pumpkin spice stuff. I'm sure they'll send it there, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, uh, but I'd prefer to eat it um, in, man in, cave? In, in, in the Gen Pop. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't right. think we're long for the Gen Pop, man. I don't want like a pumpkin spice um, shank. You know what I'm saying? Pumpkin spice soap on a rope. I'd like to pass on that. Pumpkin spice pull-ups. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got it. All right. Passed all right. Before we get to all of that, though, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. And this is a montage of President Trump's speech yesterday addressed to the nation. The most important speech I've ever made. As president, I have no higher duty than to defend the laws and the Constitution of the United States. That is why I am determined to protect our election system, which is now under coordinated assault and siege. For months leading up to the presidential election, we were warned that we should not declare a premature victory. We were told repeatedly that it would take weeks, if not months, to determine the winner, to count the absentee ballots, 
and to verify the results. But before laying out just a small portion of the evidence we have uncovered, and we have so much evidence, I want to explain the corrupt mail-in balloting scheme that Democrats systematically put into place that allowed voting to be altered, especially in swing states, which they had to win. Using the pandemic as a pretext, Democrat politicians and judges drastically changed election procedures. Very rarely were legislatures involved, and constitutionally, they had to be involved. Many states, such as Nevada and California, sent millions of live ballots to every person on their voter rolls, whether those individuals had requested ballots or not, whether they were dead or alive. Other states, such as Minnesota, Michigan, and Wisconsin, instituted universal absentee balloting right in the middle of an election year, sending absentee ballot request forms to all voters on all rolls. It didn't matter who they were. Dozens of counties in the key swing states have more registered voters on the rolls than they have voting-age citizens, including 67 counties in Michigan. All of this is evidence. In Wisconsin, the state's Board of Elections could not confirm the residency of more than 100,000 people but repeatedly refused to remove those names from its voter rolls before the election. They knew why nobody else did. In other words, in Wisconsin, as an example, where we were way up on election night, they ultimately had us miraculously losing by 20,000 votes. And I can show you right here that Wisconsin we're leading by a lot. And then at 3.42 in the morning, there was this. It was a massive dump of votes. And on top of everything else, we have a company that's very suspect. Its name is Dominion. With the turn of a dial or the change of a chip, you can press a button for Trump and the vote goes to Biden. What kind of a system is this? In one Michigan county, as an example, that used Dominion systems, they found that nearly 6,000 votes had been wrongly switched from Trump to Biden. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is what we caught. How many didn't we catch? Election authorities in Texas have repeatedly blocked the deployment of Dominion systems due to concerns about security vulnerabilities and the potential for errors and outright fraud. This is Michigan. At 6.31 in the morning, a vote dump of 149,772 votes came in unexpectedly. We were winning by a lot. To understand how we will challenge this fraud, it is important to know the problems with mail-in balloting. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, and most other states allowed anyone to get an absentee ballot and cast their vote without showing any ID. It is important for Americans to understand that these destructive changes to our election laws were not a necessary response to the pandemic. 
The pandemic simply gave the Democrats an excuse to do what they have been trying to do for many, many years. In fact, the very first bill that House Democrats introduced when Nancy Pelosi became Speaker was an attempt to mandate universal mail-in voting and eliminate measures such as voter ID, which is so necessary. In Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, a poll watcher overheard unregistered voters being told to return later to try to vote under a different name. Tens of thousands of voters across Pennsylvania were treated differently based on whether they were Republicans or Democrats. Voters who submitted flawed ballots in some Democrat precincts were notified and asked to fix their ballots, while Republican precincts, and in particular, Republican voters, were not so notified which plainly violates the Equal Protection Clause of the United States Constitution. In Michigan, a career employee of the city of Detroit witnessed city workers coaching voters to vote straight Democrat. Other witnesses in Detroit also saw election officials counting batches of the same ballots many times, as well as illegally duplicating ballots. Witnesses have signed sworn affidavits. In other words, you go to jail if you lie, testifying that after election officials announced the last absentee votes had been received, a batch of tens of thousands of ballots arrived, many without envelopes, all voting for Democrats. In Wisconsin, a record number of voters were categorized as indefinitely confined, a status reserved for severely disabled individuals that allow them to vote without showing ID. Last year, approximately 70,000 people claimed this status statewide. This year, the number miraculously was nearly 250,000 voters. In Georgia, nine observers have testified to seeing countless irregular ballots without the creases or typical markings indicating that the ballots did not arrive in envelopes as required. One of the most significant indications of widespread fraud is the extraordinarily low rejection rates for mail-in ballots in many key states. In Georgia, just 0.2 percent, that's substantially less than 1 percent, of mail-in ballots have been rejected. In other words, almost none have been rejected. They took everything. Nothing was rejected practically compared to 6.4 percent in 2016. And there are those that think that 6.4 was a low number. This election is about great voter fraud, fraud that has never been seen like this before. It's about machinery that was defective, machinery that was stopped during certain parts of the evening, miraculously to open with more votes. But above all, it was about fraud. This is not just about my campaign, although it has a lot to do with who's going to be your next president. This is about restoring faith and confidence in American elections. If we don't root out the fraud, the tremendous and horrible fraud that's taken place in our 2020 election, we don't have a country anymore. So with the resolve and support of the American people, we will restore honesty and integrity to our elections and we will restore trust in our system of government. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.
ponder that laundry list of allegations the president just made for a second uh, while I tell you about Bloomsy Box, because, you know, travel is more restricted this year for the holidays in a lot of places than ever before. If you can't get home for the holidays, um, get your friends and loved ones great flowers from Bloomsy Box. Um, you can save 25% off. Uh, they're spectacular box of flowers. Uh, they are just simply better blooms. Uh, you, they are all handpicked, arranged at the local farm right then and there, and then delivered straight from that farm to your door. That way they stay fresher longer. Got my wife some Bloomsy box flowers a week ago. The More than a week ago. Vast majority of that arrangement is still looking uh, fresh in our kitchen as we speak. So the price is already incredible, but with their uh, bloom and sale going on right now, you're going to save an extra 25%, no hidden fees, no endless upsells, but the sale is going to end soon. So take advantage of it now. 25% off when you go to Bloomsy, B-L-O-O-M-S-Y. So bloom with a, with a Y. Uh, bloomsybox.com and enter the promo code Steve to get that 25% off discount. B-L-O-O-M-S-Y, Bloomsybox. Dot com promo code Steve to get that 25% off in the overtime today we are going to take a look at the testimony of a woman named uh, is it Melissa what is her name Corone or Coroni do you know she could be Italian so I mean it could it could be Coroni okay but she gave sworn testimony yesterday under oath in the Michigan State Legislature now, I, I have a link to her full 30-minute testimony. I would urge you to watch it. It's linked up on all my social media accounts right now. Facebook, MeWe, Twitter, Parler, all of them. Um, she makes some very, very specific allegations. And then she goes back at a Democrat state representative in, in Michigan and says, hey, I, I signed a piece of paper to come in here that said, I'll go to jail if I'm lying. Did you do that? So she lays down the gauntlet as well uh, to defend her credibility. We're going to look at a couple of the clips of her testimony and discuss it today in the overtime. Uh, if you are not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go to become one at blazetv.com slash dace. Go there now. Get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV. Treat yourself for Christmas. Uh, if you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, thank you. Stick around. We are going to stick around after we finish today's show live and then tape that overtime and then upload it to the website for you at blazetv.com slash dace. But Melissa's testimony ties into what the president said in, in the clip that you just watched, Aaron did a great job narrowing down of this, a lot of the specific allegations he made uh, to just under six minutes. The entire presentation is about 45 minutes. And again, I, I, would, I would urge you to watch the entire thing. All three of us did do that yesterday. I want to I get down to the bottom line here. The bottom line. The president made some very specific allegations here. He is citing specific scenarios, specific situations, specific allegations, specific actions, and specific data. Melissa Carone or Caroni is doing the same thing. There may be innocent explanations. The proverb says one side seems true until you hear the other, right? 
there may be innocent explanations to these allegations. But there is no real middle ground. Either these things are true or they are not. What you see in that video, frankly, is something that, to my frustration, Donald Trump has been hesitant to do numerous times in his presidency. Because the truth of the matter is, you know, it's funny, and and I don't know Lynn Elliott at all. We've tried to get him on the show. We got nowhere. Um, Maybe we're just not a big enough show. I don't know. But, and, and I don't know whether any of his lawsuits are credible or any of those things i don't i don't know but the idea well he's a democratic donor um so is donald trump gave 20 grand once to al sharpton in fact i mean people are looking at his voting record and he's coming back today pointing out he's voted for a bunch of republicans donated to a bunch of republicans that's irrelevant really it's funny, a year ago, Lynn Elliott was a superstar on the right because he represented Nicholas Sandman. Oh, Lynn, Lynn Wood? Or Lynn, Lynn Wood. Lynn Did Wood. I say Lynn Elliott? Yeah. I'm sorry. Lynn yeah. Wood, thank you. That's why you're looking at me like, I didn't I didn't call the former Chiefs oh. kicker to get him on the show. The what are you talking about? I wasn't about? sure if I heard you correctly, yes, No, but I just made a mistake. I'm sorry. You know what it is, Aaron? I just subconsciously wanted to dig at you for some bad childhood memories of missed playoff field goals. My bad, brother. Lynn Wood, thank you, Todd. You secretly want to be a Chiefs fan, one of the two. <laughs> so... Um, Lynn Wood was the toast of the town a year ago when he got Nicholas Sandman, uh, basically the gross domestic, domestic product of uh, a Mexican drug cartel from these news agencies, right? How about the fact he was in a, one of the attorneys that represented Richard Jewell as well? And now suddenly, because we don't like what he's saying here or he's in the way of what we want to be resolved here, uh, you know, I, and of course it's coming from people that have claimed all this year they are the referees of truth. That they are the uh, the the referees of truth when it comes to COVID. Uh, they're here to they're here to have tap, pat us on the right on the head. <clears throat> we need we need them to be the uh, our babysitters and gatekeepers. Again, I don't know if I don't have a clue who Linwood is as a person. I don't know about the credibility of his legal claims. We're going to adjudicate those, and he keeps losing. So maybe they're not credible. I don't know. On the other hand, I don't know that I trust any of these systems whatsoever. That, though, is all a sideshow. The whole debate about Linwood is a sideshow. What do you think Sidney Powell went from winning the greatest legal battle on the right, or at least maybe the most surprising in recent memory, to becoming certifiably insane? It, again, doesn't matter. It, none of that matters. And now I'm watching a whole bunch of people argue with each other about uh, whether to come out and vote for these Georgia Republican candidates killing each other and everybody everybody's calling each other a grifter on both sides don't you guys understand the fact that you even have to have this debate at all that's the loser when when it's pretty clear the alternative are at the very least pagan neo-marxists if not outright communists correct yes yes when it's obvious the alternative to david purdue and kelly loffler are literally in a red unitard with a pitchfork saying we're his ambassadors. Literally just saying that. 
And if you have to argue with people who should be no-brainer voting for you about whether to do so, that's actually the problem. It's not the position on the debate being taken. It's the fact that the debate is occurring. That is the issue. Because the normal reaction after watching what went down here the last few weeks is to say, hell no, I'm not letting these people do this to me again, right? Yeah. So why aren't you getting that reaction from everybody? Could it possibly be because they think you're willing to let them do it to you again? And so they're like, why would I vote for you if you're just going to let them do it to us again? What is the point? Now, if that perception is incorrect, I can think of some things that you could do to change it, right? Yes. You could hold a special session in the Georgia legislature, for example. You could match the signatures up to the applications for the ballots. You could have a real forensic audit. You could do the kinds of things that would stymie this, right? Yes. You could, but they're not. So then that's a you problem then. That's a you problem. This, though, is different. You know, Trump has inhabited the world of the people we're opposed to most of his adult life. He's relatively new to our circles. And, and what has at times made him a frustrating political opponent for them over there is that he is from their habitat and often uses a lot of their gaslighting techniques against them, right? Yes. And they're used to being the most shameless entity in the room. And now they're up against somebody. It's like, there is no level I will not sink to, to win so or to beat you. So, no. This is one, this is one of the few times, and, I, and it might be the only one. I just hesitate to say that because then someone will bring something to my attention I don't recall. It is a rare time, though, when Donald Trump has taken the pulpit and laid down a gauntlet where this is an either-or scenario. Either I am a liar or this stuff is true. And then if it's true, you have to explain why it's true. But I don't see another scenario. I mean, it would seem to me these media outlets that want to be rid of Donald Trump once and for all, this is your opportunity to go out and discredit him. Just go, let's go point. Has anybody done that so far today? Gone point by point of any of the points he's raised? And said, here's why this is wrong. Here's why that is wrong. Have you guys seen that anywhere in the media today? They're just going to laugh at him and say no evidence whatsoever and keep doing that. Exactly. So, so I don't know about you. If I can discredit my opponent, what am I probably going to do? I'm going to discredit them, right? Y- you are, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the game anymore. That though. isn't the game anymore. Uh, everything else is a sideshow. We need to know if these things are true. And here, there's two reasons why you need to know if they're true. Because moving forward, well, Stevie just lost because he alienated too many people. Whatever. I don't care about any of that. Go find then. Go find, maybe it's Josh Howley. The guy that looks like he's, looks like he stepped out of a pulpit, but basically gives you, when he speaks, Donald Trump's talking points, right? Okay, fine. Put him up there. So he doesn't alienate suburban Karen America. If we don't know for sure if they counted votes in this country, for this country, in other countries. Or that they are just permitted. I, I saw in the New York congressional race now, blah, blah, they just found 52 ballots. You see that today? Yes. Did you see that? 
why wouldn't they just keep doing this when there's no accountability? If when one day Donald Trump is pushing 75 years old, he shouldn't be buying green bananas. He's closer to being dead than than being a fixture on the on the right for the next 20 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what we need to know, we need to know. Because one day you may get your harmonic convergence, perfect candidate who never alienates any any of our any constituency we need, and, and never ever is accused of being of, of of being lied to by the media. And and you'll find and the Bush machine will will thinks yes this is the this is the unity candidate the unity yes. I, don't we need to know? If we're going to ask that person to go beat a system where they're counting our votes in other countries. Or they're literally just changing ballots and, or just making up the amount of time that you get to vote until they get the ballots they need. Don't we need to know the answers to these questions? Whether the guy that lost, it's Donald Trump. I don't care what he tweeted in 2017. I don't care what you don't like now. I don't care about any of that. And if you do, frankly, you're not serious about this. Because this is serious stuff. It's frankly, and, and one of the most honest statements of his presidency, it's, it's more important than him. Dramatically more important than him. Did we offer them a system? Because of the uniqueness of this year that they can just ballot harvest with impunity without any accountability and then we'll never be able to take that back. We need to know the answer to that question. And Bill Barr needs to be an adult and not give a rip what he thinks of Donald Trump or Chris Ray or James Comey or anybody else. And call Melissa Carone up and say, we're bringing a DOJ jet to you and putting you under oath in front of a federal grand jury on Zoom. Lawyer up. Better be telling us the truth. Needs to do that. Stat. Because long after these guys are all gone and dead, we're still going to be the ones wrestling with the truth of what may or may not have happened here. And we need to know what that is. Your feelings on Lynn Wood or Lynn Elliott or Sidney Powell or Donald Trump or Daffy Duck are irrelevant. Did what is what he said, did that occur or not? Is what this woman testified under oath in a Michigan state legislature, did it occur or not? That's it. That's all we need to know. And you guys can go back to your, to your circular self-pleasuring circles and everything else that you normally do in this political system to impunity, bugger each other to hell. No one cares. But we need to know the answers to those two questions because they're a hell of a lot bigger than Donald Trump or, frankly, any of us. We need to know. Gentlemen, your thoughts. I think far more likely than finding out because the Georgia election was an opportunity to leverage this and get somewhere, and that's obviously spinning out of control. The Michigan hearings were an opportunity, and Bill Barr just Bill Barred there and said nothing to see here. I, I really think at this point this is in the hands of the Michigan legislature, perhaps uh, the, uh, the Pennsylvania legislature. And we may not find out about this until well into uh, the truth of, uh, and unless that happens, we will not find out the truth about this until well into the Biden presidency. 
Yeah, this morning I'm mad at pretty much everybody, and I think that everybody is pretty much wrong, uh, and for the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're right that your feelings and anybody's feelings on uh, Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell don't matter, but Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell do matter. If they're the ones bringing these lawsuits and arguing on behalf of the Trump campaign, or in Sidney Powell's case, um, outside of the Trump campaign, but on his behalf, essentially. Because right now they're losing all over the place. Where is where are the cases? Where are the cases that are actually making their way through the court system right now? What are the status of those cases? And Donald Trump, he laid out all the things that we had already pretty pretty much previously known. If that's the case, why wasn't there an ultimatum given to Bill Barr? Guys, I think the safe harbor for getting the Electoral College uh, certified or votes uh, certified at the state level is in five days. You're out of time. Mm-hmm. You're just out of time. There is, n- without a doubt, there was significant election or voter fraud yes. in this election. And if you don't believe that, if your gut reaction is to dismiss that, you're a patently dishonest person. And guys, I've only got 30 seconds left here. You're a patently dishonest person. But if you think that right now the effort, the legal effort, I say that in quotation marks, these hotel ballroom presentations in Pennsylvania and Arizona are actually going to sway any court. um, I think you're just as dishonest of a person as well, because what we're seeing right now is not a legal process. It's a show at best and a political theater at worst. Emerald Robinson over at Newsmax will join us here next. Did the bi-weekly trip to Costco a few days ago. Guess what was out and gone again. Gone again. Guess what? Toilet paper. Totally out. Gone again. Ran over to Target. One type and it was rationed. Gone. Everything else. Again. And I just think about that because if if we had started promoting my Patriot Supply on this show like a year ago, and it's Christmas 2019, and I'm like, guys, you just never know, man. You might get up one day and something like toilet paper is gone that you just take for granted. I mean, people would have lost it on me. That's that's the state days. That's the worst pitch you've ever had for a live read in the history of your show, right? Yes. That's just nuts. You've lost your mind. And then we got up one day around March 11th in 2020 and what happened? And now it is approaching December 11th, 2020. And still, we are struggling at times to replenish the toilet paper supply. That just tells you the next time that this happens, the next time that could never happen here happens. It, it might be something like food. And that's where you want to look at My Patriot Supply. Right now, you can save $100 on a full four-week supply of nutritious meals that supply the 2,000 calories a day that you need. Just go to preparewithdace.com. Again, that's preparewithdace, D-E-A-C-E, preparewithdace.com. Take advantage of this offer so you have peace of mind to know that you are prepared if and when the next thing that could never happen here actually happens at preparewithdace.com. 
Well, they are clearly seeing a surge in their audience, and Emerald Robinson is with Newsmax. She joins us now here on Blaze TV. Emerald, Steve Dace here. It's good to have you with us. How are you? Hi, Steve. I'm doing well. It's great to see you. Thanks for having me. You bet. It's, it's good to have you. Two issues we want to talk to you about that you've obviously been covering for Newsmax. And one is, what is going on with with the voter fraud and, and the fight for election integrity? And I think yesterday we had a, I just want to know what the truth is. That I'm, I'm on the side of what does the data say? What's the truth say? And I frustrate people because I'll have friends that I, I'm, <laughs> I'm aligned with for a long time. And then I'm like, I don't think the data is with you. So I'm not aligned with you right now. Right. And, <laughs> and what, but I think we found two hinge, uh, two fulcrums yesterday. The president's articulation of several very specific allegations. These are not pontifications, opinions. He made some, and we just played a bunch of them before you came on. These are very specific allegations. And then Melissa's testimony in the Michigan State Legislature yesterday as well, where she made some very specific allegations. Those are things that either are true or they're not. I don't need to get into what your opinion is of Lynn Wood's yeah. lifetime voting history or anything else. That's all a sideshow. Right. Those things are either true or they're not right exactly and everyone keeps saying well we have to see the evidence we have to see the evidence but steve if you're watching the hearings like i am i think there's been some very specific detailed accounts of voter fraud you mentioned melissa carone she was an it worker contracted with dominion on election day in detroit michigan she talks specifically about what she saw she talks specifically about the poll books she was clearly way more informed than the lawmakers who were there questioning her and what she had to say was very believable it was very compelling and i think the question a lot of people have is if these accounts are being put forth why then is there not an audit to validate or discredit these ballots you heard her talk about batches of 50 being fed into the dominion machines repeatedly you also heard a woman talk about specifically ballots that she questioned the validity of there were military ballots that she said were all for joe biden that they looked like they had been xerox copy those are things that should be able to to that they should be able to go back and check and i'm like you why not look into it why not with these very credible claims do an audit why would these lawmakers and the governors of the states not call on uh, election officials to do that? All the potential answers to that are bad. Um, and when did eyewitness testimony stop mattering? Right? Like, I, like in the old Levitical law, you couldn't put someone to death without <laughs> eyewitness testimony. Okay? When, when did I, I mean, all of these affidavits are eyewitness testimony. These people are either lying or they're not. Right. This used to be the gold standard of evidence in our judicial system. So when did eyewitness testimony stop mattering? I would like to know whether Melissa Crone is our side's Julie Swetnick or not. Right. I want to know that. Yeah. Well, let's find out. I want to know if she is cynically trying to turn herself into some kind of Cato Kalin figure by becoming some, you know, instant celeb and capitalizing on one of the most cynical attacks on the heart of our system I've ever seen or. Or, or is she a, the, the all-time whistleblower? One or the other, but I think we would want to know the answer to that. I think we would, too. And I thought she actually raised a very good point. And it was, you know, a rather comical moment in the way that she did it. But she 
told one lawmaker, she said, I have signed an affidavit under the risk of perjury, perjury that I could go to prison for if I am lying, lying. Have you done such? So that was a really you know, good point. These people are coming for- forth. They're swearing to these affidavits under the risk of perjury. And that in, in and of itself gives a, a sense of credibility. Of course, it needs to be checked. It needs to be looked into, but that only makes it uh, more compelling to look into it. My, What I would also like to see, I just wonder if it's too late. And I, I've tried to get answers about this from you know, IT specialists, computer scientists, and even Sidney Powell is on these Dominion voting machines that they're alleging could have potentially had an algorithm that weighted votes differently, that votes for Joe Biden were weighted more heavily than those for President Trump. If they can actually, if I have heard that Dominion workers have been out there specifically in counties in Georgia, like Floyd County, that they were out there just a few days after the election working on the Dominion voting machines. One chair of a Republican Party, a county Republican Party, expressed extreme concern to me. They brought it to my attention, saying they've been here for two days. We're not sure what they're doing, but we're concerned that they're wiping any kind of evidence that could let us see exactly what was in the machine on Election Day and the day after. Hmm. So I would like for these machines to be impounded and looked at when we're talking about looking at hard evidence. The name Dominion. All right. I mean, <laughs> I wrote a book a few years ago. It's supposed to be fiction about a satanic takedown of America, and we're turning it into a movie next year. And and I'm watching as much of what I thought was just fantastical ruminations on my part is like turning out to be true a few years later in real time. I mean, the idea that we have turned ourselves over uh, to count our votes potentially in other countries to a company named Dominion just sounds like, uh, a, you know, a chapter out of a left behind book. For goodness sakes, it's almost too, too on the nose, right? It can't, it can't be this obvious. So there's been a lot of talk on our side about the who are these people? You know, are they some shady operators? Are, you know, are they like the Halliburton? Are, 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 are they shady or is this our side's Halliburton? What what have you found? You're the news person here. You're doing the digging. What what can you really yes. tell us about them? Well, what is really hard to find is exactly who Dominion is. They were incorporated in Toronto, Canada, uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, they have moved to headquarters to Denver, Colorado. But one thing that we have found, Steve, with these companies, whether it be D- Dominion, Sequoia, or Seidel, that's a that's a company that keeps coming up a lot. It's overseas. It's in Barcelona, Spain. They boast that they process some um, uh, 80 million, almost 80 million U.S. votes this year in the 2020 election cycle. That's got a lot of people concerned that they're tabulating votes overseas. There's talk of a, uh, a server in Frankfurt, Germany. That's come up a lot in these affidavits and witness hearings. What we're finding is that these companies go bankrupt. They get acquired by another company for a little while. Uh, they split off. So the tracing exactly who they are is very questionable. Questionable. Now, Dominion is tied to Staple Street Capital Group. That's a hedge fund. Uh, there is a former uh, Obama official who is part of that hedge fund. But as far as exactly who is on the board of Dominion Voting, we don't know. So when we're talking about election integrity and who exactly is in control of our elections, we need to know a lot more about this company than we currently do. 
have there been any issues with them in previous elections that would indicate that this is is just not how they typically operate and therefore we're way out of bounds with these allegations what do we know about their history handling elections well, well just specifically in georgia steve back in the primaries in june they have a, had a really uh difficult time with dominion voting machines they uh they crash they had problems with the servers they ended up causing long lines and then also just back in uh texas uh, a couple of years ago they looked at certifying these machines and potentially buying that system for texas and they denied that uh that transaction saying that they were too vulnerable to hacking they had backdoor access specifically usb vulnerabilities that could lend itself to manipulation and hacking and they did not feel that it was secure enough to use in texas elections but we're seeing these uh machines these machines used in multiple battleground states specifically the ones that we're having problems with and you know i talked with the with a GOP official this morning about, you know, their state and their county. And they said, you have to look, Texas doesn't have any irregularities in their voting. They decided not to use Dominion. And that official felt like that's no coincidence. You cover the White House every day. What is the mood there? Is, I, I, are, are they behind yeah. the scenes, like resigned to their fate? And the, the, Because I'm now hearing people say, well, Trump secretly is willing, he understands he has to concede and is just kind of going through the motions with this, blah, 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 blah. I mean, what, what's, on the, what's going on the ground there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? Well, there's, you know, there's a couple different factions within the White House. There are those who would like to fight, and there's some who are ready to concede and move on and see what kind of job that they can find. Now, as far as the president's go, president goes, yes, I've heard that reporting that he's resigned. But from sources really close to the president, Steve, sounds like to me he's still got that fighter in him, and he wants to fight this, and that it was important for him to put that video out yesterday to speak to his base to let them know that he is still fighting. He doesn't necessarily think that this is over. Uh, he, 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 if he has to concede, he will, but that's not the time now. But there are different advisors on different sides of him. There are some who are pushing him to concede, Steve, some who thinks that it's time to throw in the towel, but they were ready to do that very early on. And that's what we've seen throughout the last four years at certain instances, right? There's some of those in the White House who are, may, may not have the president's best interest at heart. And then there are those who are really committed to the fight. They're upset with the DOJ and FBI that they haven't seriously looking, looked into this. Because what I have heard, Steve, is that both the FBI and DOJ really haven't followed up on any of the leads that they've been pro- uh, provided on significant election fraud and these firsthand accounts that we're seeing. They haven't interviewed anyone, despite what Attorney General William Barr had to say this week. And uh, so there are some White House officials who are really upset that they're not getting any support from law enforcement on this front. Uh, but is the president ready to give in the towel? No, I, I do see staffers feeling a bit dejected um, those are not necessarily the ones that are next to the president because they like, you know, the average American just in a lot of ways see the reporting out there. And if you look at the reporting in corporate media, mm-hmm. they would have you believe it's totally over that the moment that they, the media, certified the election, right, called the election, that was it. But that's not necessarily what our Constitution says. I've got about a minute or so here. What is your frustration as a reporter covering this story that you think most people are just completely being misled on or a detail that they're not aware of? What would that be? 
Well, I think what really bothers me is everyone says, well, show me the evidence. And yet you watch witness after witness mm -hmm. go and give very detailed detailed accounts of evidence, and yet I don't see reporters following up on it. I don't necessarily see these people on TV a lot talking about it. Wouldn't you be anxious it. to discredit Donald Trump, right? You'd be, I'd, I'd think you'd be anxious to do that. Here, if they really thought it would discredit the president, Steve, the corporate media would be out there doing this digging. Hmm. Just like if they could have exonerated Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, they would have covered that story regarding the laptop and business dealings overseas as well, wouldn't they have? So it's very telling that they don't even bother. Emerald Robinson over at Newsmax, you do a great job. She has a great Twitter follow, by the way. I would highly recommend it. Merry Christmas to you. It's good to have you on the show for the first time. I'm sure we'll do it again. All right, take care. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. I love your set. It looks beautiful. All right, thank you very much. Take care. Thanks. All right, gentlemen, your thoughts on uh, the conversation we just had with Emerald Robinson from Newsmax. There's clearly a ton there, but at the very least, set the name of Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Republican, Democrat, whatever you are. What she talks about in terms of Dominion specifically, but how our votes are counted in this country now. It, or not it, in this country now. Exactly. It, it, it is... It's an act of suicide. It's nothing short of that. It, it, if it just, wasn't you're this election, for a civil yes, war with this. If not this election, sooner or later, yeah. this was going to happen. Yeah, I know, and I don't. That's that's what I'm worried about. We're taking all the legitimate processes by which we would air out our grievances yes. and then find some way to still live together once a winner is determined. Yes. We're taking all those away. It's like taking, it's, it's why they allowed fighting in hockey. Yes. Because if you don't let them drop the gloves, they'll start using the sticks yeah. and sleeve each yeah. other's throats. See. And that's what I'm afraid of. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Because here's here's what we're dealing with, folks. We are required, we who actually believe, you know, there's enough at least prima facie evidence of significant voter fraud in this election. We who believe that are required to have 666 Sammy the Bulls on our side. They, all they need is one Julie Swetnick. Yeah. We're supposed to have 666 Matlocks bringing the best stone rock hard uh, case to every single court. All they need is a Michael Avenetti. And even if we had that 666 Matlocks and those 666 Jimmy the, or Sammy the Bulls, you know what? They've got 666 judges in the 666th District of yeah. Yeah. Babylon. So what are we supposed to do? I mean, and I don't like I don't saying either. that I, I don't either but what else and guys i want to add this as well i i'm not trying to be negative here i'm just trying to find the truth i'm trying to apply occam's razor we conservatives right of center what's left of america in this country have been rife and ripe for grifters and i know that term's been been thrown about and let's just admit that are we just going to just say, well, all of a sudden we're just made up of a bunch of truth fighters as well? There's I, I just I don't know where the serious adults are. That's what I'm trying to say. And I don't really trust anybody at this point. I, I don't know when eyewitness testimony became uncredible. When did that occur? That's what I don't know. When it when eyewitness testimony no longer matters. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, 
And all of you, steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, on MeWe, at Steve Dace. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show, over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel as well, at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. You can also check out my new book, A Nefarious Carol, that is coming out now in, what, 12 days. It's the sequel to A Nefarious Plot, which we will be talking about here uh, in just a few minutes for Theology Thursday. Uh, But the sequel book is out soon. You can go to my Amazon.com page, learn more about the book there. If you want to pre-order your copy, you can do that at Amazon. If you'd like to pre-order an autographed copy of A Nefarious Carol, this is the first time that the publisher thinks we might sell enough books that it's worth that expense. So we are offering those nationwide. Uh, you can get information on that. It's pinned on my Facebook and Twitter and MeWe pages if you're interested in the autographed copy of the book. When it comes out on December the 15th, pre-order today and the Audible version is already out now. So I've heard from several of you that enjoyed that. Uh, my oldest daughter and I actually ended up reading the book together because the heroine uh, of the story is a female, a little bit older than uh, Anastasia is. So get your copy today. Thanks to all of you that have done that. My kids will be thanking you here. What is it? The uh, third? So, yes, so it is. Yeah, in about uh, 22 days, uh, they'll be thanking you. Well, potentially. This is just like a down payment. It is, it, we're not all the way in to make sure that the kids are going to have a Christmas yet. So do your part. Please. Is that okay? It's perfect. Was that a, was that a good pitch? Do you think it was a f- other than the friendly fact- and accommodating enough? Absolutely. Other than the fact that it's 2020 and you know, it, whether there's a Christmas even allowed the next. <laughs> other than that, it was perfect. Uh, indeed. Um, life can be about habits, both good and bad. And this year, we've uh, spent a lot of time being focused on the health, both of ourselves and our loved ones. But what happens if, indeed, the pandemic ends? But what what would happen if it did? Would we just go back to our bad habits? That's where you want to recommend Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Loaded with antioxidants, Field of Greens is packed with 18, count them, 18 Clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, plus other things that are good for you, like green tea, ginger, beets, and more. It's a powerful combination that can not only support heart health, but also boost your overall immune system, your metabolism, blood pressure, even your digestion. It's complete with pre and probiotics. And remember, the digestive tract, that's the biggest immunity system in the gut. All right. So Field of Greens is good for you. Just take a cup of it and uh, mix it in with any water-based drink and you are good to go. Just go to BrickHouseSteve.com right now. BrickHouseSteve.com right now. Get 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, play our weekly game of three non-political questions, but let's continue our discussion of my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot. We took a break for a couple of weeks. We were on vacation, then the election. But... This was becoming an increasingly uncomfortable conversation. Let's just be honest. Like, it's it's uncomfortable reading what was written in this book more than four years ago. When's the last time you... Read it all the way yeah, through? Yeah. The last time I read it all the way through... Um, I, I kind of read it all the way through on the plane on the way out to L.A. back in June just to kind of mm-hmm. get ready for the storyboarding process for the movie. But it's one of those things, though, that because I know this material so well, 
I, I read it all the way through, but you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not really like absorbing and I'm looking for individual lines and stuff that I want to, uh, I want to suggest for dialogue for the script. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's why a couple of times when the audience has like emailed me things that was in this book for, and it was actually written five years ago. The book was completed in 2015. It just wasn't published until the spring of 2016. When, when they go back and write and show me things that I wrote five years ago that are showing up in the headlines. Now I'm like, wow, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Well, this we've may have done that. We've done that a couple of times with the book, right? This chapter may have the most prophetic line yet. So we're, we're going through this book chapter by chapter. For those of you that are new to the show, a nefarious plot is a book written by a demon general from hell named Lord Nefarious. I patterned it after the screw tape letters and it's instead of, instead of how hell describes in secret dispatches, dispatches, I should say in English, how it tempts and comes after us as individuals In a nefarious plot, Lord Nefarious lays out how he came after America as a, as a culture and why. And now we're at the point now where he's going through each part of his plan has a facet and each of these facets is given a chapter, right? Yes. Okay. And in a nefarious Carol, the sequel book, now that nefarious has successfully uh, taken America down as a vehicle for righteousness in the world, Satan now wants to turn America into a vehicle for him and his, in the final stage of his master plan. And in a nefarious Carol, you, he needs though a, he needs a mate. He needs a wife in order for that to occur. And in a nefarious Carol, you read how one night he attempts and find out if he's successful or not. He attempts to seduce a young woman by her own free will. He cannot coerce her, cannot be dishonest with her, uh, for the ritual to be successful. She has to agree to become his wifely disciple. And that's what a nefarious Carol is. So back to nefarious plot. Now we are at the chapter where nefarious is nefarious talks about dumbing America down. And the title of this chapter is appropriately Dunces. Brief summary. In terms of Benjamin Franklin's A Republic, If You Can Keep It, you say that there are two perimeters of defense to that keeping. There's the church and there's the schools. And because God so loves his church, a full frontal on the assault on the church a strong church is simply impossible. So, Meaning you can take out individual denominations, yes, individual congregations, but ultimately the church as a singular entity cannot be toppled in the world. It will always shine a light somewhere. It can't go dark on a, on a holistic level. That's what that means. Correct. So he, he, he pretty much wants to soften up that church and then leave it there, allow him to go to the march through the institution that yes. is the schools, and then so that the church, would not, the would, church. Not, would, would not exactly confront him any longer. Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk mostly about the schools, but in terms of that church, so he's, he's fine with full stadiums that are churches, but are filled with mushy, heady thinking, which I want to, you to have another opportunity to answer the question every time on Monday where I have to go through Parler or Facebook or Twitter to go through the Ask Me Anything questions, there's always the new listener or the one who didn't hear the show before. What on earth is up with that Joel Osteen book behind you? He's the <laughs> he's the full, right. and they, he has a full old Houston Rockets stadium that he fills every time, uh, every Sunday, mm-hmm. with his form of of the gospel and mm-hmm. and in the chapter dunces the devil says i'm just fine with that for now mm-hmm. why because it's not a threat to him it's it's morally therapeutic pietism it 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 doesn't 
motivate you for any form of battle or confrontation. Instead, it actually dulls the senses. It, 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 even, even if, since you brought up Osteen specifically, it, it, remind me, is he brought up specifically in the book? Is he? In no. This, no. Okay. In the book he might be, but because not in this chapter. I, because I thought I had to take him out. That was the oh, one. Maybe it, that was the one. Well, it edit wasn't that in the, this chapter. Okay, because it, I mean, I name a lot of names in this book, right? The one name that the publisher told me we got to take it out, we're all getting sued, was Osteen's. Hmm. Okay, so Osteen's name was taken out of the book. Yeah, it's not in the book. Okay, I thought it wasn't. All right, um, and for those of you that I, I and that's one of the most frequent questions yes. I get. But I want to get that question. I'm, that that Osteen book or, or game, it's a board game actually. It behind me, it is there to trigger you. It's kind of my who's who's really paying attention here. You, sh I want people to come at me and say, "Hey, there's a real disconnect be between having Jill Osteen over your shoulder and what you're saying on the air." Exactly. I want to know that you know that that's a disconnect. Do you know Th what I'm saying? That's our therapy. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're we're hoping that you guys come at us for that. It's a gag gift. A, a an evangelist friend of mine, Todd Friel, gave me this as a gag gift many years ago. All right. And we've even played it on the air before, and is every bit as insipid as you think. All right. But even if you don't think Joel Osteen is a is a heretic. The the variation of whatever of, of, of uh, even if you think he's preaching and, and is sincerely a Christian. The approach and variation of the gospel that he is communicating is no threat. To hell below in any way, shape or form. That's why there's no reason to persecute him. That's why there's no reason to come after him. That's why, yeah, let's put him on CNN. Let's give him a channel on SiriusXM. Let's give him a board game books. Because even if, even if it's not, you know, it's not the doctrine of demons, it dulls the senses. It turns the, it turns the attention of the reason for your faith inward as opposed to outward. Meaning that you were bought at a high price. What was that price? Someone else outside of you died in your place. That was the high price. And then they did it for a purpose. Like there's a, there is a mission for you now to take that salvation and then go and do something with it. There's the, there's the overall mission that every believer has, which is... To go ye into all the world, right? Okay, the Great Commission. But then there's the individual one we all have with the unique gifts and talents and opportunities and, and platforms that we were each, were each blessed with. What Osteen does is he draws a crowd unto himself. And then that large crowd comes to get encouraged by him. To be petted by him. But then, in one of America's largest cities, known as Houston, Texas, they are no threat to the established order of that community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're no threat to it at all. <sighs> Thank you. And let's go back to work. I'll, I'll come back I'll, for my for my replug on Sunday, or maybe I'll get my wonder words or affirmations. That's what Osteen calls his affirmations, wonder words. I'll get those, plug in, and and I feel good about me. I like me some me. I like me some me. It's chicken soup for my soul. That's what it is. So that's what it is at best. At worst, it's flat-out heresy. At best, it is 
it is a numbing of the senses of the believer and causes you to to take what was given to you outwardly by the actions of Christ at the cross and turn it all into your own internal mechanism for self-affirmation and self-esteem. Which is the perfect ground to destroy education. What does destroying education mean? You lay out that throughout all of human history, whatever education was deemed to be was one of two things. It was either for a very small cadre of elites, mm-hmm. or if it was for the masses, it was socialistic. It was communistic. It, it, it was you were you were to teach according to his abilities for each according to yes. his needs. Meaning that if I'm teaching that if 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 this is a vassal lord system. Okay, and I am teaching my I'm the Lord of the manor and I'm teaching my vassal's son how to to do mathematics. I'm only doing it because I'm going to put him in charge of the accounting of my estate. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not I don't care about what the literacy level of the community is. This is all very utilitarian. Yes. I am granting you this knowledge because I want you then to serve me with it. That's the point I was making. Yes. And so one totally leaves out the other and becomes a perversion basically you you combine both of them you say ultimately education is turning the masses into elite and you do that through what we talk about all the time on the show but you need to flesh out specifically what it is like you do in the chapter you need to become a critical thinker as an american what is a critical thinker someone that is willing to someone that understands and, and is willing critical thinking is both a skill and a will You have to be taught critical thinking. It's not how we are as a species. The reason Osteen draws such a crowd by making, by letting you make whatever religious experience he is preaching about you is that is who we are as a species. We're wish casters. Yes. To make things about us. Yes. Um, Critical thinking though is not our base setting. It has to be taught. And that's, that's when, when I think it was Jefferson who said, um, you know, the, I'm paraphrasing here, but the the greatest antidote against tyranny is an educated populace, right? Something along those lines. What he meant by education was that level of critical thinking. That I know when I'm being scammed. I, I can smell a rat. That I'm not just going to take what you're saying hook, line, and sinker. I mean, I, I'll give you an example of what I mean in a weird place. So I get up, most Sundays, I'm the first one up. Get, before everybody else gets up for church and I'm trying to make sure my fantasy football teams are all lined up and ready to go before we go to church because when my lineups and stuff have to be in goes in, is the deadline while we're in church like I have it all done before church right and I, I turn on a, a very trusted fantasy football show that I like a lot and the guy is talking about the Denver Broncos quarterback situation and he's talking about how the NFL was right to make an example out of them. Those guys, they didn't wear their masks. So one of the quarterbacks tested positive. And so all the other quarterbacks that didn't wear their masks, all were told in contact tracing they couldn't play. Every scientist knows you have to go and wear your mask. Everybody knows this. You didn't follow the science, blah, 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 blah. He then turns right around. The guy's, his host name is Brad Edwards or Evans, I think. He turns right, Brad turns right around and then in the very next sentence says, Now, to the Steelers-Ravens game. We have no idea when this game is going to be played. More and more positive tests for the Ravens. Guys, the Ravens are the most compliant virtue-signaling franchise probably in the entire NFL. This was the franchise that during the George Floyd protests put out a press release demanding we end qualified immunity for police. You know what I'm saying? 
the Ravens wear masks everywhere. So why do they have an outbreak? And if the if if not wearing masks is what caused the Broncos outbreak with one player, why didn't every player who wasn't wearing a mask then test positive? You see what I'm saying? Of course. But did he make that connection? No. He's not been taught critical thinking. So he just went from one spoon-fed talking point to another. And just that's not education, that is conditioning. And and critical thinking is the antidote to this. But it has to be taught to us as a species. We will not, on our own, usually go there. And the reason why hell hates it so much is because that's how you spot BS and a counterfeit. Because most of what hell runs at you is a counterfeit of what is true. It has an element of truth to it. That's why it's viable. When you first start reading this book, you find yourself nodding your head a lot to Nefarious. You share a lot of his complaints, his laments, right? Sure. Yep. And then little by little, though, the Venus flytrap opens up wider and wider and wider, and those teeth get sharper and sharper and sharper. But by the time you realize that, you're too far drawn in now. Okay? Critical thinking is where, it's, and I've quoted this before, with Keith Jackson, the great broadcaster, once said about Bear Bryant. He can take his and beat, and beat yours with his and yours and beat his with yours. Meaning flip the rosters. I'm gonna still, I, I'm, I am a good enough coach. I'll beat you with your roster, and I'll give you mine. Okay? Critical thinking is I can argue both sides of this argument. I know where both sides are coming from. So I know which one is BS and which one is not. Most of Americans can't argue the own, their own side of the argument, let, a know, let alone know what the other side of the argument is. And hell is nothing if not representative of what? The other side of the argument. So if you don't even know what your argument's based on, how in the world pardon the pun, how in the hell are you going to be able to spot and repel their side of the argument? That's where critical thinking comes in. And if I can get in here, there is an interesting choice of words. An interesting choice of words you used in this chapter, Steve. Quote, critical thinking is like a virus to demonic (laughs) influence. In some ways, we loathe it even more than the gospel itself because our resume has proven we can hijack even the carpenter's message if the culture receiving it doesn't encourage critical thinking. Critical thinking is like a virus. Hmm. Can you think of any examples of that this year, Steve? Just and, and, and I'd like to 10, remind 000. you, yeah, I, I'd yeah. like to remind you that um, for uh, one side's proposition, for any philosophical assertion, the inverse mm-hmm. must be true as well. Yeah. So what does that say? Yeah, well, a, a great example. I This morning, I see this on Twitter. A Reverend Jess Cast, yeah. who is a pastor in the, pastor in the United Church, uh, she tweets out, Christmas season is about God choosing a woman to lead a revolution of reorganizing the structures of societal power by her leadership, tenderness, and faith. That's an example of a culture that cannot critically think just and how hell can just co-opt even the carpenter's message as Nefarious just said. I responded to this woman on Twitter with these words. Christmas is about God sending his son to graciously bring heaven to us when we couldn't get to him because we chose to believe lies like this instead. And if we had had Twitter 30, 40 years ago, a woman like Jess Cast would have never in a million years stuck her, stuck her head out to say something like that at Christmas time. You know why? Do you know why? 
because she would have been annihilated by virtually anyone on our side. But now, this finds a message now. Because, the, because critical thinking is dead in America. It's dead. Most people think emotionally. Or, or even worse than emotionally. Even worse, what's worse than thinking emotionally? See, emotion, being emotional is not bad. God has emotions. He gives us emotions for a reason. They spur us to action, compassion, empathy. You just need to have uh, you need to have your emotions undergirded by a truth to know whether they're valid emotions or they're just your own reactions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what's even worse than emotion-based thinking though is outcome-based thinking. See, that's we were so worried about emotion-based thinking on the right going on in America in the 90s and 2000s. I would love to go back to emotion-based thinking. What we have now is outcome-based thinking. The devil isn't real because I don't believe in him. I, okay, great. Jump out of a plane. I don't believe in gravity. I mean, who, that's where truth... Uh, I don't like Rudy Giuliani's... Uh, I, I don't like Rudy Giuliani, actually. I think I've made that pretty clear. I wouldn't hire him to be a part of any form of my political operation. But does that mean every sworn affidavit that Rudy Giuliani has gotten someone to sign to for voter no. fraud is a fraud? Of course not. Of course it, but But is that not most of the analysis that is going on? It is. It is. See, this is outcome-based... That's the ultimate subjectivism, meaning something is true on the basis of whether the outcome of that truth is acceptable to me and my desires and my preferences. And if it's not, then I don't have to believe it is true. That's, that's the last step, guys. That is the last step in a culture before someone says, switch. That's it. That's it before it goes dark. When you reach that level of, I can ignore what's right in front of my face. Cognitive dissonance now is the default setting. I can just ignore this because I don't have to believe it because I don't want to, no matter what it is. And a sign that we're there. You wrote this in what, 2015 and 16? Mm -hmm. Here's what you wrote. Without critical thinking, you're Joe Biden on Jeopardy. <laughs> a laugh a minute. In that scenario, <laughs> you are the prey, and we, and we in, is as the in devil, hell. is yeah. in hell, are the predator. You wrote that at least five years ago, yeah. and Joe Biden is about to ascend to the throne. Yo. I know. I, I know. <sighs> An alternate title for this book. You go on to talk about this. These are my words. I'm paraf I'm summing this up. May have been de Tocqueville is dead. You talk about de Tocqueville a lot in this chapter, who he was, what mm -hmm. he came over, and how he diagnosed what this experiment was. And he, he very much unpacks what critical American critical thinking is without ever mentioning that word. Mm -hmm. And he, and he talks about, we, we, we go laws of nature and nature's God. Why, but why do you think, um, I, I, what do you think I mean by saying an alternate title for your book would be to Tocqueville is dead based on what you wrote in this chapter? There is some debate about whether this is a direct quote from de Tocqueville or not. It has been often attributed to him. 
Um, and there's some talk that maybe the first attribution of this quote to him actually came from Eisenhower when he was president. So, but, so even if this quote is not directly from him, if you've ever read Democracy in America by Alexis de Tocqueville, he was a French philosopher, uh, historian, etc., who came to America in the early days after the revolution as his country was in the throes of revolution and, and wanted to see what the differences were in the two cultures and he was king from kung fu he was walking the yes, earth just to see what this was all that's about a great analogy yeah and and democracy in america is just a diary of, of yeah. what he found all right and this quote is often attributed as kind of the summation of what he found even if it's not if, if, even if one day someone proves he did not say these words exactly if you read the book it is still a really good summation of what yeah. he writes that america is great because she is good it's when they is when he saw the fire that was ablaze in their pulpits the desire for um the average person to be critically educated with critical thinking to be able to spot and smell a rat for example um, that those were those were traits that he thought were sustainable for a culture. That this would not just be a fleeting attempt. Uh, you know, a, 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 a teenage group of colonies have a successful revolt against uh, the fatherland and then implode on themselves. That he saw individual traits of strong faith and critical thinking within the people that he thought made for a sustainable population, and that's what you just don't see that much in America anymore, which is why guys, I, we, I was joking about this with you guys off the air before we came back for the break. I'll say it on the air. You know, the amount of time I would normally be spending this time of year on Michigan football. I just can't bring myself to do it because it's just so depressing. And that's the last thing I need with everything else I got to cover on a daily basis. Do you know how many videos on end times prophecies and stuff I've watched on, on YouTube in the last two weeks? Yeah. It's, it's approaching a dozen. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, 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 you and I were joking about this, the stuff that's being attributed to the, what the Pope is saying right now, it, it reads like the, the bad whore of Babylon, Protestant papal caricature of the Pope in like the first or second left behind book where he does that like ridiculous dance. Like I, I expect tomorrow or in next week, I'm going to walk, we're going to get up, we're going to get up and, and watch him do the, yeah, the it, it's like it's like this is like laying out and happening in real time i know i want to get to one more thing along those notes because okay. if it isn't the end times pulling back to me means at least one thing regarding education you actually quote uh, luther here and uh, and luther said luther says i am afraid that the schools will provide the very gates of uh the very gates of hell mm-hmm. he's writing that in the, 16th, the 16th century. century. Yeah. Okay, but he's absolutely right. This is one conservative mistake I see made all the time along. If you don't want that to happen, a lot of conservatives we respect are always saying, get your kids out of the public schools right now. Hey, we love homeschooling here. You do it with your kids. Aaron was homeschooled. But either you have to destroy the entire notion of the public schools, but you can't allow them to exist and think you can go over and just do your thing. I think we make a huge mistake when we say that because of what Luther says here. You can't survive when you are allowing to exist the thing that opens the gates of hell i totally agree i mean it's why i the first thing i ever did for activism on my show was a school board election yeah um that's why i'm a strong proponent of policies that uh erode the power base 
of the teachers unions that if I have any say, I'm never exposing my children, my own children to. But I also am commanded to love my neighbor as I love myself. And there's lots of my neighbors and those kids who are also made in God's image, who has who have been fearfully and wonderfully made, and he's counted all the hairs on their head as well. And they are being exposed to this. And so that's why, even though, I mean, I wouldn't put my kids in there if I could avoid it. Um, I, I, we still fight on these sorts of issues. Um, because of what is at stake. Out of those schools will still come the vast majority of of husbands for your for yes, your daughters, exactly. wives for your sons, bosses for your children and for you, right? Yes. Neighbors for you and your kids, right? Yes. Politicians and and lawmakers for you and future generations. Um, the biggest tax expenditure in almost every yes. state budget, public education. So you better so just ignore it, right? Yeah, no, you, you better be answer. interested and you better be very willing to confront it and take it on. Amen. Absolutely. We'll come back and play our weekly game of three non-political questions next. Sure, losing your hair is no fun, so let's talk about options. You can go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription and then visit the pharmacy as you try not to go broke while you're trying to avoid going bald. Or you can call Keeps and do it all from the comfort of your own home. You'll get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And another thing you're going to love is that convenience. It's all online. You just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and it's shipped directly to your door. So big savings with the generic versions, the convenience of doing it all online, how about additional savings? Half off your first order right now at keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. We need to step away from the demise of Western civilization, brought to you by Lord Nefarious. You know what that book study is like? It's like, I don't know, um, let's just say a spinal surgeon who is uh, who lives and breathes and eats uh, just uh, the, the most complicated uh, kind of surgery in the world. And then, just in his spare time, he takes classes on how to do spinal surgery. It's like we're living, we're living in, uh, in the world. I feel like I need to apologize. Like, like this is all my fault for speaking this into the ether. You know what I'm saying? Like I have like genuine remorse about this whenever we go through this. Like it, like I wince as we talk about this. I'm not like, wow, man, we nailed it. I'm like, we nailed it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? All right, Aaron, you're up. All right, question number one. Is The Mandalorian the best streaming show on television of the past five years? No. 
what would you say is better? Like, St- streaming, you mean originally, original streaming, yep. not something that went to streaming. Okay. Yep. Original streaming. Like that. I mean, that would anybody other than an utter Star Wars sci-fi geek say, yes, it's it's been good. It's been fun. We just talked yesterday about it, how it reached greatness in, in one episode. But it, and is it the best streaming in the last five years? Uh, no. And is I, it let me throw out some names i just googled best streaming shows of all time okay so these are shows that start that originated with streaming and a lot of these i've never even seen all right game of thrones I'm, i am familiar with that mindhunter is very good it, it's not in that class though of the mandalorian the Mandalorian's better than mindhunter i know people who love the crown i've never watched that I've already got two in the ones you've just mentioned. Uh, you, are, they would be on your list? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what I think about Black Mirror? I, I think it is just genuine brilliance. Yeah. All right. So, but but I could not possibly rate it over The Mandalorian just because it's it's what I just said about a nefarious plot. It's too, it's, it's uncomfortably on the nose. You know what I'm saying? Like y- you wince watching it because mm-hmm. you're, you're watching it play out now in... Uh, real world. Um, uh, the Haunting of um, Hill House. Did, did you watch Haunting of Bly Manor? I checked out, man. It was just like nihilistic drain circling. Yeah, we got we got through four like episodes and Amy and I looked at each other like, do you like this? No, no. Then that, got it. I mean, that that is that that could not hold its predecessor shock strap. No. Um, House of Cards. When it was good. Was scary good when it was good. Um, but I probably would put the Mandalorian ahead of house of cards just because I think it kind of ended weekly. Um, I thought daredevil was great. That's one of my favorite streaming shows. Um, and then, um, I, I think I might, I mean, stranger things is up there pretty high. Oh yeah. And, and part of that is our, it just, that's our generation and it just nails it. Okay. Oh, I, I had never seen it until just like three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when some of my kids started uh, asking me about it, I said, well, it's, you know, the, one of those things we did during this lockdown that never really had time to do before. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Just, a, it really knew exactly mm-hmm. what it was all about, mm-hmm. which is what I appreciate, which is what Cobra Kai is doing right now with uh, the Karate Kid. That show just, it has no apologies for being, this is exactly what we're trying to accomplish and we're staying on target and we're just going to have a good time. I've got to put the man in the high castle on my list too. See, so oh. I think the answer is clearly. clearly not no. yet. It could be. I think, I, think it, I think it potentially could be. I think it potentially could be. Like I love the way, man. I love the final season of Man in the High Castle. Um, Stranger Things has been great Stranger every single things, season. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. Haunting of Hill House, that one season was spectacular. Uh, so it's not there yet, but it's on a trajectory. Yeah. Question number two, what's the best Christmas gift your spouse has ever gotten you? And what's the best gift you've ever given to your spouse? Ah, wow. I got to think about that. Um, well, the, I think the best Christmas, the one that comes to the top of mind is the very first, uh, Packer tickets. I ever got were hmm. from my wife. I had not been to Lambo before I met my wife. So we were, we were 
in, at least engaged. I'm not sure if we were quite married yet, but my first Packer game I ever went to was with my wife in December against the Vikings, freezing cold, but it was awesome. And then what about which what what, uh, what you I, gave her? Oh my goodness, man, she's the one who needs to answer that. Yeah, I know. Me. I kind of feel like it's a little self. I mean, I've given answer. her some very. I, I gave her. She loves the Princess Bride. Absolutely loves it. So okay. I, I gave her, and very early on, again, this is when we were probably didn't have kids, maybe not even married yet. But I gave her a a bracelet with the the classic phrase from it, "As you wish," mm-hmm. on it, and you know she just thought that was like, "You understand me," and so yeah. It's a hard question for me to answer because we don't. Amy and I just don't do. Um, with the kids and everybody else we have oh, to buy yeah, for. Yeah, we don't buy gifts each other. Yeah, we just don't go out of our way with that. We have a tendency to just do each other's stockings. Yeah, no, um, same, same And then here. for birthdays, we kind of go out of our way yes, where that is concerned. Because that's that's just a singular day Honestly. for one or the other. On Christmas, this is, we just like we decided we how we Christmas would want to spend the kids. like Christmas money for each other. In yeah. theory, she said, well, I, I'd really like, she was serious. She said, I'd really like a brand new vacuum cleaner. I said, yeah. done. We went or, out and we got you, you it. Know, if, if, you know, we, a restaurant or, a, you know, a hotel out of town yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. you know. But if I had to pick from her, um, or I, could, I, I know what she would say. I'm confident I know what she would say is the answer for me is, Many years ago, I read about a guy who was concerned about taking um, uh, his wife and family and stuff for granted. And so he started a tradition where every year for Christmas, he wrote his wife a letter, kind of about the year that they had just spent together. And put that in her stocking every single year. Hmm. And did that the entirety of their message. um, Or or their marriage. And I thought, that's a pretty good idea. So, I mean, I would say for the last 15 years or so, at least, I have done that. And she she greatly looks forward to that letter every single year. I like it. So if she were here... I'm confident that's what she would say. It's hard for me to come up with, I can come up with several great birthday gifts. I mean, like one of them is behind me, is she went and got all the actual Michigan football tickets from the year I was born, every home game. Found them all from 1973 on eBay. Those are the actual ticket stubs and everything. And like put that together for me as a, as a, I mean, I love stuff like that. Okay. And, and, the reason why it's hard for me to come up with a one great gift from Amy for Christmas is because her parents really spoil me. Like, I'm like the son they never had because they only had one kid and it was a daughter. And so, like, they get me tons of Michigan stuff. And, and I think, and she kind of just says, hey, I know they're going to spoil you, so I'll, I'll spend the money on the kids instead, you know? So I'd have to think about that because we don't do gifts. But if she were here... That's what she would say was the best gift for me. We've only had one Christmas thus far. Um, I, I will say probably the best gift she gave me on Christmas. It's 
I don't know. It's I've got she got me some blue blockers, which I use fairly often. Often the 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 light that blocks the the blue light coming from screens and stuff. That's that's kind of nice off the air. Um, but just that morning, the first Christmas morning, she got up and made uh, pancakes, which I had not had pancakes, especially not oh. in my own in yeah. my own apartment. That was that was very nice. So that was uh, that was cool. I'll tell you I think- what, Amy does. She will go and get a. F- you know, here's what it is. A few years ago. Cadbury mini eggs they started putting them out at Christmas time in the form of like little like you know Christmas decorations okay yeah and she'll get me and then they go away seasonably until Easter comes back she'll get me like eight weeks supplies of those things so they just stay in my fridge so nice yeah nice and then I think maybe the best gift that I've gotten her to this point um, for Christmas I I accidentally last year busted her headphones like I, I was, uh, it, it, I just busted her headphones. It was an accident, complete accident. And so I got her some really nice Beats by Dre uh, Bluetooth headphones last year, and she wears those pretty much every day. So I think that's probably a good gift. I gotta uh, say, three guys all said, all asked the question, "What's the greatest gift your wife's ever given you, or you've given her?" And nobody even hinted at anything tawdry. That's an amazing amount of masculine restraint. <laughs> It was tough. It yeah, was tough. That's an amazing it was tough. credit to all three of us for that, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, question three. What's the line between wasting time and recharging your batteries? Or is there an answer to that question? I don't know if all? I can answer. I don't know if I can answer that. Here's if 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 the menial thing I am doing gets in the way of the main things I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what I would say is the difference. If I'm, you know, if, if, if I am, um, if it's Memorial, if it's the first weekend in June and I'm sitting down with my Lindy's and Athlons and Street and Smith's college football previews on a Saturday and reading them, uh, just to get preemptively psyched up for my most wonderful time of the year and the lawn's not taken care of and the stuff Amy asked me to do isn't done or I didn't, you know, do what the kids asked me to do, then it's um, it's not, it's wasting time. It's not recharging my battery. You know what I'm saying? I, so I would, I think I would answer that question based on do you have your business handled? And then if you do, by all means, uh, recharge away at that point. Yeah, I yeah. think that's good. Like, am I playing, like, I just got the new Madden game just now. I finally have some time with the election and everything over to start playing it. So I started, I was playing it last night after everybody went to bed. If I called you guys up at 1030 and said, hey, man, I'm not coming in today. I'm playing the new Madden game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would not be a battery recharge. That would be a waste of time, right? But if chocolate, it's Chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. <laughs> but if it's 1030 at night and everybody's asleep, then that's different, right? Yes. Okay. All right. I. Listen, I, I find a lot these days, I catch myself like after like three minutes of just sitting there, staring, doing nothing, you know, on, like just, oh, the wires are like flat redlining and I just kind of zone out for a second. That's happening more and more <laughs> in 2020 where I, I just kind of go into like some sort of 
fog for just a couple minutes where i think i'm just decompressing uh and the wheels need to stop turning for a second um but other than that i don't i, I don't i don't have i used to read all the time and i hardly ever uh read anymore a lot of that had to do with you know becoming a dad and kids and having you know i mean at one point almost you know reading to the point of reading a lot of what there was to read now i'm going back and trying to pick up stuff i've read before um but i just i don't have i don't even i don't even have hobbies i don't know what that said <laughs> I, I, I don't. This is one of the most depressing answers that's ever well, no, been aired I, on this I'm show. A, I'm a father of four daughters and my hobby. And, and they became daughters who had these things that I had to get them to all the time. So that became my thing. I mean, I just didn't have kids. Hello, darkness, my old No, friend. no, it's been a blast. That's my point. It's been a blast. So I, I didn't need filler. That's what I like you you know for I don't even start watching football in a regular season from in in until November. Which is why you were fine for the season getting delayed because you actually got to watch. Because I'm because I'm at a soccer game somewhere. All right, I need to say this me. before we go. Yeah, go if on. you want to get in the real estate market before you do, make sure you go in with a real estate agent that you can trust. Now, where would you find that person? Well, the name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a company that was started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates a few years ago because they were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the desired results when needed the most. And so they wanted to make sure that this didn't happen to you and me. And that's why you can find now an agent whose track record of success has been fully vetted just about anywhere you're going to look in the United States of America. I'm sure there's some remote outpost you want to move to that we can't help you with, but pretty much anywhere you'd want to move, we can find you an agent that you can trust when you go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's the name of the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Aaron, please tell me you have a better answer than than that one from Todd. Oh, no, I just want to prolong it. Todd, I'm not trying to make you depressed, but when when your girls get out of the house, you're going to have to have... I agree. Uh, um, hobbies. I agree. I get what some are you, of that, though. What are you, you going to do? Well, I guess the closest thing, I still have... I, I still a manifesto? I, I still... <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah. I may go dark. Yeah. Uh, I still run. I... And I hope to keep running, and maybe I'll even run more at the age of 55 than I do at uh, 48. Well, I think we're all going to be doing some running here soon, Gene. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? I, I say the line between uh, wasting time and recharging your batteries is when recharging your batteries becomes the object or an object of your affection. There you go. That'll do it. We're going to stick around and do the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we are back at it again tomorrow, beginning with the day group. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.